0: Travis Stevens uh, and I'm a, a deacon here at Hope Pre- Prez and i um, filling in for Marshall tonight. So I, um, I'm going to go ahead and read the passage for tonight uh, since that's the next thing in the order of worship and then, um, and then we'll kind of kick things off. So let me, let me re- read the Word of God now. Hear, hear now His Word. If you love those who love you, Expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and, e- and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. The Word of the Lord. Thanks. Let me pray. Lord, I, I do pray that your Word would speak to us tonight. I pray that. Um, I don't know where everyone is coming into this, um, this word, but I pray that you would meet each and every one of us where we need to be met. God, I pray that we would be uh, the body of Christ, that we would um, be sons of the Most High, um, that we would be your children, and that you would in us show a, uh, a peculiar kind of community. A community of people who love their enemies, who do good to those who persecute them, and who are are filled with uh, generosity, even if the response is not what anyone would hope. Um, Help us to see ourselves as uh, objects of your mercy, and help us to be the means by which you display your mercy to a world who so desperately needs your mercy. I pray this uh, in the powerful name of Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, um, I uh, I live just kind of right off South Broadway, uh, down this, this way on a little street called Della Drive, and um, one of the things, as I read this passage this week, and I was thinking about uh, who are my enemies, I think it's people who speed on my street. Um, they uh, They fly on our street. I don't know what it is, it's just... You know, it's like Mad Max Fury Road or something right there on that stretch, right between uh, on, on the block that I live on. And I have, have laughed about how angry it's made me <laughs> over, we've lived there for about the last five years. And even before we had kids, it was like my blood would just boil when people would fly by. Um, my side mirror has been knocked off by someone driving down our road. Uh, our dog was hit on our road. Uh, one of my friends uh, brought their dog over and it was hit. And that caused his wife to go into labor. She was so distressed. Um, Luke and Celeste Rakestraw, uh they they came over to our house, and we were giving them a chair, and uh, their dog Murphy got hit, and you know, skidded across the road. So again, I was just like, "What the?" You know, and um, you know, our, our neighborhood association handed out signs to put in your yard that said, uh, "Please slow down. Our, our kids play here." and um, but you know, for whatever reason, people just love the speed on that on that little stretch. And uh, my my neighbor, I, I'm just going to call him Rick. Um, for the sake of this I don't want to tell you know say his name but Rick um, he drives a big black truck and um, and he is the worst offender of them all he flies down our street he lives two doors down and that guy I mean he just as soon as he pulls out of the driveway it's like rrr, rrr, and takes off down the road and I'm like man I can't get people that are passing through to slow down if you know the guy next door is going crazy so um, well, Rick came over to my house a couple months ago, and he just kind of leaned over the fence, and he said, um, you know, Travis, he said, are you in seminary? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in seminary. I don't know how you know that. I, all we've talked about is hunting. That's like pretty much the only thing we we chit-chat about. But um, he said, are you in seminary? Sh- in seminary, and I was like yeah I am and he said I, you know what I think that he's a part of a like kind of a local organization he said I think I can get you a scholarship let me go let me look into it um, and I was just like who's this guy like he doesn't even know who I am and he's wanting to give me a scholarship this is incredible I didn't even know yeah these people existed in this world but um, he he was incredible so he got me the information I applied for it my GPA wasn't high enough um, I don't know if that gives you any you know uh, confidence in this sermon but <laughs> my GPA GPA wasn't what wasn't high enough to get the scholarship um, I have you know I had a decent GP when I was in undergrad but I've got two kids I'm just trying to pass I'm just hanging on you know and um, so, you know, they, uh, my friends keep telling me, oh, they're not gonna ask you that on the presbytery floor. You know, they don't care. And sure enough, didn't get it. But, uh, so then he calls the state of, like the high representative at the state of Kentucky. And he's like, you apply for that scholarship. You're gonna get it. Don't worry about your GPA. So I applied for it, and I think that I'm gonna get it. Um, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know the amount yet, but it said that it can cover a lot, like almost all my, my remaining seminary, which is incredible. Um, and, it, I was reading kind of on the packet and it says, By no means will you ever have to pay this organization back the funds distributed <laughs> and I, I just thought about that this week. I thought um about me and how frustrated I've been with my neighbors and we had this just did this conference on neighbor love and I'm over here, you know, frustrated with my neighbors and uh and then and then Bill comes you know, I mean uh sorry, Rick, uh <laughs> comes over and uh <laughs> can you delete that off the recording? Yeah, we'll talk later. Uh, So, comes over and... uh and leans over the fence and gives me this proposition to have a scholarship to pay for all my seminary. And I just, I kind of just can't believe how good the Lord is. He's so merciful to us, even, in, even when uh, we're not merciful to others. Uh, even when I'm in the midst of me being frustrated with my neighbors, um, he's, he's merciful to us. And so tonight, I really do, my prayer for tonight is, I hope that we would see that because uh, God has been merciful with us, um, as, as his enemies, as evil and ungrateful, um, we must be merciful uh, because that's who he is. So really, I just have two points for tonight. One is the preset of community. Um, that's just kind of our natural setting uh, is verses 32 through 34. And then 35 and 36 is the peculiar uh, community of the king. So let's start with the preset of the community so verses 32 through 34 uh, they describe our natural condition they describe uh, what we would do if, if, um, if left to our own devices if God didn't intervene in our lives this is where we would be um, it says that, that uh, if you love those who love you what benefit is that to you for even sinners love those who love them uh, verse 33 if you do good to those who do good to you what benefit is that to you even sinners do the same And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you, for even sinners lend to sinners? And I thought about this quote from Francis Schaeffer uh, this week. He says, Man, having put himself rather than God at the center of the universe, constantly tends to, to turn inward instead of outward. And so as I thought about what we do naturally, I just thought about this idea of reciprocity. You know, that we're a community of reciprocity um, if, if left to our own devices, meaning we, we scratch the back, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Um, we love those who, have, who can repay that love back to us. Um, we're good to those who have an opportunity to, to be good back to us. And so it's really not love, it's just, just this, this uh, relationship of give and take. And, uh, and that's, what we, that's what we do uh, naturally. It's kind of like I was um, I was with some friends, uh, you know, a few few weeks ago, and we were uh, we were going to on a, a ride on the the Cumberland River and. Uh, I you know I don't know if you guys have ever had spent much time on a river, uh, but it moves pretty quick and uh, and as soon as you enter into the river you're never kind of just standing still you're always moving some direction, and so uh, we had backed the, the trailer down and put the boat in neither one of the guys I was with had had any experience on a boat and I go with Emily's dad a lot but you know I don't really have that much experience either and so um, I had I pushed us off and we we got onto the river and then I did one of these like. Okay, keys to the Oh, they're not here. Um and realized that we were now drifting and did not have any way uh to move ourselves forward up against the current and I was just I looked at the other guys and they looked at me and I'm just like well I guess we're gonna be in Nashville here in a <laughs> you know, cause this thing's gonna float on down and um Luckily that we had the, the trolling, I it hopped up on the trolling motor and kind of scooted us over and we got into a cove and were able to climb and all that. But uh, at the end of the day, like it just reminded me that if we are, if we don't, aren't actively um, pursuing something, if we're just kind of just being neutral, this is how we'll be. We will, we will inevitably drift. And Jesus tells his, uh, his disciples here that if you're just left to your own devices, you're going to love those who love you. You're going to do good to those who can do good to you. You'll lend to those who then can, can pay that back. Um, and, and that's really not what the people of God are like. That's not what uh, mercy does to a person. Um, and so by way of application, the question I have for us tonight is, um, where have you begun to drift? Where have you felt that, that you just, are? you're moving, you're moving in some direction, um, and it may not be an intended direction. Maybe it's, you thought you were kind of sitting still, but that's, a, that's an illusion. You're, you are actually going to end up in Nashville one day, <laughs> uh, figuratively. And where, you know, the other question is, where does your life look like the rest of the world? Where does it? He he compares us to his, the disciples to just sinners. What sinners do? Um, and and I think that's a good question to ask ourselves: Is where does our life look like any of anybody else's life, um, or do we really look different from the world as as the community of hope hope Prez? Um, I thought about what story do your relationships tell. Do your relationships that you have in your life, do they tell a story of reciprocity, like I'm gonna help you so you can help me one day? Or does it tell the story of grace? Like there's no no reason why you should should be friends with this person or should serve this person because they have nothing to give you. Or they're so ideologically different than you that it just makes no sense that you'd ever have anything in common. Um, What story do your relationships tell Secondly, um, and this is where we'll spend the majority of our time, is, is, is on this, this idea of the peculiar community of the king. Uh, verses 35 and 36. When I think about this, this section of uh, the passage, I think this is what we do when God intervenes. When God gets in, involved in the situation, this is what it creates, is these kind of people. Verse 35, but, um, or maybe instead of what was just covered, love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. That's what the people of God look like. That's what the gospel does to a person. We love not those who love us back, but those who hate us. We do good not to those who do good to us, but to those who do evil to us. And we give generously, not so that we'll be paid back one day, but because we had the expectation of nothing in return for this, this generosity. But I think the question, you know, if left to just that verse 35, it's like, do, do better. You know, you can do it. Love your enemies. Do good. Lend. Expect no return. But I think it's important for us to see that God never gives a command that he doesn't also give a promise right next to. Uh, the fancy word is the indicative and the imperative. He never, never uh, leaves a, a command that he's not going to then promise to bless or to give a reason why you do what you do. And so the, the, the question is, why would we ever live that way? Why would be, we be a community that would live like that? This community does two things. It looks to the future reward in the heavenly places, and they are the children of a merciful God. First, that looks to the future reward in the heavenly places. They know that their citizenship is in heaven and that from it they await a Savior, Jesus Christ, Philippians 3.20. Their minds are set on things abo- that are above, in Colossians 3.2. And they, by faith, look forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. They desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city. I love that verse in Hebrews 10:16 that God is not ashamed to be called their God. He's proud of them because he knows that it's it's they're his children. They're his image. And so they are, they're children of the most high God who is he who is worthy of praise and honor. He's not obligated uh, to be merciful to anyone. And yet, He is merciful. And so therefore, we, are, we really have no excuse not to be merciful. Because He, he who doesn't need to be merciful, doesn't ha- isn't obligated in any way, that's, who his, that's His very nature. And so we as His children are to be marked by mercy. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I've read a lot of Dietrich Bonhoeffer this week. I was writing a paper on that for seminary, and so I'm going to quote him a lot, but it's just because I, as I was writing the paper, I was thinking of the sermon, and think. Oh, I'll plug that one over there. So I got some pretty pretty, uh, pretty sweet quotes. So one of them is um, from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, when, when God was merciful to us, we learned to be merciful with one another. When we received forgiveness instead of judgment, we too were made ready to forgive each other. What God did to us we then owed to, to others. The more we received, the more we were able to give. And the more meager our love for one another, the less we were, we were living by God's mercy and love. Thus God taught us to encounter one another as God has encountered us in Christ. You know, when we experience a God who loves us right in the middle of our sin, when we were still an enemy of His, we're compelled to love our enemies because we, too, were once an enemy of the gospel. Romans 5, uh, 8 says, but, but God shows his love and that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Um, Bonhoeffer goes on to say, even though I acted as an enemy against God's commands, God has acted as a friend toward me. Even though I did evil to him, God did good to me. He did not prosecute me for my sin, but instead sought me tirelessly and without exasperation. Isn't that beautiful? He continues, he's relentless after us, even though we are his enemies. And God doesn't wait for us to become his ally to love us. He loves us right in the middle of our rebellion. Right in the middle uh, of, of that status as enemy. He doesn't enter into a relationship of reciprocity where he loves us because then now we're going to love him and back and forth. Um, We are utterly the recipient of his love. We're completely needy of him. He loves us even when we are truly unlovely. And when we experience a God who serves us, does good to us, despite our continual betrayal of him, we're compelled to do good to those who have done evil to us. Bonhoeffer says, Spiritual love does not desire, but rather serves. It loves an enemy as a brother or sister. It originates neither in the brother or sister, nor in the enemy, but in Christ and His Word. Emotional love can never comprehend spiritual love, for spiritual love is from above. It is something completely strange, new, incomprehensible to all earthly love. One might say peculiar it's, it's weird how Christians are able to love their enemies, how they're able to do good to those who uh, do evil to them. But it's because that's the kind of God that we, we have an experience with, is a merciful God. When we experience a God who's kind to the ungrateful, He is a God who is generous toward, the, toward stingy people. I, I had written in my book, as I journaled over this, just uh, a guy, you know, people who don't write thank you notes, you know. Uh, you know, we, we give gifts to receive a thank you note sometimes. And, um, but that's not, he doesn't, he, he writes, he gives gifts to people he knows that are not going to get the thank you note he deserves. We're compelled to be kind to the ungrateful, to be generous to those who don't say thank you, um, who don't return the favor. Bonhoeffer says, Jesus Christ died for the respectful and the peace-loving. Not for the respectful and the peace-loving, but for sinners and villains. For the disrespectful, the haters, the murderers. In our hearts, we, we see fit to associate only with our friends. With the just and respectful. But Jesus dwelt in, in the midst of his enemies. That is where we, he wished to be, and we are supposed to be there also. Think about this church, and I think about it is one of the most community-centric churches I've ever been a part of. If you were to say, what is, is Hope Prez good at? We would say, I mean, almost everybody would say, I love the community here. We're good at community. But as I think about it, I think that we're, if we have not experienced the love of Christ, we will always turn inward. If left to our own devices, just just our neutral state, we will turn inward and we will only love those who can love us back. We will only love those who are lovely, um, who we are able to, to can, can, we are generous to because they'll be generous to us one day. Um, but we are children of, the, of a merciful Father and we're given a spirit of mercy. It's who we are in Christ. I recently rediscovered one of my childhood favorite movies, Hook. Um, the story of Peter Pan. Uh, I don't know if if you guys have seen that movie. You don't have to. It's just like the book, pretty much, I think. Um, but there is a little twist in that um, in the in the movie, Peter is now like kind of a grown up adult, and he's you know sort of a absent father and uh, and everything. And um, his his kids are stolen by Captain Hook, and um, they're taken to Neverland and he uh, has this. So Wendy, who in who in this, the original story of Peter Pan is um, like his age, is now a grandmother in this in in this um, retelling of of Peter Pan, and she's just this kind of elderly woman. And you know, Peter has totally forgotten who he is. He he just thinks he's Peter Banning, uh, the lawyer who uh, who comes you know misses his son's baseball game or whatever. And he um, there's this moment when he's speaking to Wendy and Wendy says uh, to him you must find a way only you can save your children somehow you must go back you must make yourself remember and Peter says remember what and Granny, Granny Wendy says Peter don't you know who you are and I, I think that's what the Lord wants to say to us this evening is don't you know who you are you are children of the Most High King. You are the objects of mercy. He loved you when you didn't have any, you weren't lovely whatsoever. And that's, that's what we have to remember. That's the only way we will be able to live out this impossible calling, to love our enemies, to do good to those who wish evil upon us, to lend to those who have nothing to give back. So people of Hope Presbyterian, we must remember who we are. You're children of mercy. You're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We must remember the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we must ask ourselves, who who is our enemy? And be honest with that question. I think it's a a pretty personal question. For me, it was my neighbors that sped down the road, you know, on the the street. Um, But... Silly as that is, sometimes it is it, our sin is silly. It's, it doesn't make sense. Why would I be frustrated with my neighbors who are good people? They just don't know how to hit the brakes a little bit, you know? Um, <laughs> but we, ha- we should ask ourselves who is our enemy? How can we love that person? Who is someone that, that we can show the mercy of our Father to this week? Who can we serve this week? so that the watching world would look on and say, that just doesn't make sense. John, John 13 says that, uh, by the way we love one another, the world will know that, you, that we are his disciples. And so I think people are watching. People think that Christians are clicky. They are hateful. They don't love uh, people who don't think like them. And man, what kind of ministry, what kind of opportunity we have to show the world what the love of Christ does, what a merciful Father uh, really is like. Because He makes people that are merciful. He makes children that know nothing but mercy. And lastly, who, who can you show genero- the generosity of our Savior to? Who can you love and pour out you, the, the resources that God's given you to in a way that you just you know this person probably is never either going to know about it Um, or they'll never be able to pay you back. Um, so we have to ask ourselves, how can we become the merciful people of God? So I still don't know, um, if I got this, if the scholarship's going to come through, like I've kind of gotten this like, yes, you've got it, but I don't know how much it is. It could be 50 cents and you know, it's fine, whatever it was money. I didn't have. So, um, I hope it does. I hope it does come through. Um, but one thing I learned from my neighbor, Rick, um, is that God is merciful to me. Even when I'm prone to love people who love me back, even when I'm resistant um, to love my frustrating neighbors, when I tend to only be generous with those who who could repay the favor someday, may God show us His mercy. May He help us remember that we too were once His enemy. May may He make us a community that is outward-facing who love our enemies, who do good to those who despise us, who are filled with gratitude for the gospel of of our Lord, who are generous with those who can never repay us. And may we remember that we are the children of a merciful God, and He longs to show His mercy to the world that we inhabit. Let's pray. Lord, you came and you dwelt among your people. Um, You were despised and rejected by men. You were glorious and we esteemed you not. And you did it because you are a merciful God. You love your enemies, you love us in ways that we can't even begin to understand or we'll never thank you rightly for. Um, God, would you help us to rediscover the beauty of your mercy in our own life? And would that mercy move us outward to a community of people who need to see that? The world needs to see what the mercy of God, what the gospel of God does to a, a people. Would we be people that welcome the visitor that make intentional efforts to love people who are different than us, who pray for those who persecute us, and who whose first reaction, instead of critique, is mercy. God, would you do that in us? I know that is a miracle to do, to, to, for us to, to be the merciful people of God that you call us to be. It takes your intervention. And so, God, would you intervene in our lives this week? Pray this. In the powerful name of Christ, amen.